This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the show. Also, welcome to the new United States of America that is for sale to the highest bidder. And the lives of American citizens are for sale to the highest bidder, or even the lowest bidder in some cases. Uh, what's happened today is horrific. Yes, we have a American who has been freed by the Cubans. He's been there in jail for five years. Uh, apparently, no real diplomatic pressure was put on by Obama to get him freed up until this point. And so we traded three convicted Cuban spies who've been in prison in this country. We traded them for the lone American. And in addition to that, we also traded basically our our foreign policy. Uh, for over 50 years now, the policy of the United States has been to not recognize the communist dictatorship in Cuba, which has been horrible for the people of Cuba. That's why so many of them have fled over the years to the United States. Uh, there's nothing changed. I mean, Raul Castro is now in charge instead of his brother Fidel, but the dictatorship remains the same, even worse, if possible. They are not going to be getting a whole lot of money from the Russians anymore because the Russian economy is tanking. So they needed something to help sustain them. And what has happened is is that the President of the United States has decided to recognize this brutal dictatorship, which, by the way, also sponsors state terrorism around the world, particularly in Central and South America. They are, you know, Raul Castro is, is great buddies with the dictators in Venezuela, and other places, and help support the takeover of other countries by communists. So now the President of the United States is unilaterally, again without Congress, again acting in an unconstitutional manner, has decided that we're going to reward the bad behavior of the Cubans by opening an embassy in Havana, by opening trade with the Cubans, by normalizing our relations. Now, he's not lifted all the sanctions yet, virtually lifted the sanctions against Cuba. These sanctions were there to punish the bad behavior of the Cuban government and to try to force them to give more freedom to their own people. Now there's it's open season on Americans around the world. I mean, let's face it. First, we have Obama trading five high Taliban leaders out of Gitmo, trading them for one U.S. soldier who apparently was a deserter uh, to the Taliban in Afghanistan. That told the Taliban and other terrorist groups, kidnap Americans, capture Americans around the world. We'll give you whatever you want in return. Of course, they don't even have to do that in the case of the Gitmo prisoners because Obama is gradually releasing on a monthly basis about six prisoners a month now and sending them, the latest group has been sent to Paraguay. He sent three terrorists to Paraguay, which is in South America. So they are going to be operating in South America, and we know this, the five that he traded the uh, uh, the soldier for, or he, you know, those five are back on the battlefield, essentially. They're back with the Taliban. We have one of the prisoners he released from Gitmo, who is the head of ISIS, 
the commander of ISIS. So it's open season on Americans. We have North Korea out there who holds prisoners, American prisoners, and we'll probably grab more. We have Cuba that, you know, right now they're, they're not really opening up to tourism, uh, but they will be. So Americans will be going there on business. They're free to go there on business. And, of course, the Cubans are free to send people over here on business. Well, what kind of business are we going to be getting from the Cubans? We're going to be getting spies. We're going to be getting potential terrorists. We're going to be getting people who are going to violate our laws. This is another action by the Obama administration that seems clearly designed to help destroy the United States. We have a wide-open border. We just opened this huge center. Now, they call it a detention center, but it's not really a huge center in Texas. Just yesterday, Department of Homeland Security opens up that will house thousands of illegals at the cost of about $296 per person per day. In other words, they're going to be living very well, eating very well. They're going to have Internet access. The children are going to be able to play games. They're going to be educated. They're going to have free medical care. All an open invitation to more illegals to come across the border. And they're going to be flooding across the border this spring. We can guarantee that. We know it's going to happen here in Texas. We know it's going to happen in Arizona because our Border Patrol is not allowed to enforce the border. So we have the President of the United States opening up our border, aligning himself with the communist dictatorship in Cuba, basically giving the Taliban just about everything they want. We're pulling out of Afghanistan, so we're going to see the, the collapse of Afghanistan, just like what happened in Iraq. We have... Muslim Brotherhood members serving in the government, including as advisors of the Department of Homeland Security. The Muslim Brotherhood's own manifesto vows to destroy the democracies in the West, to put us all under Sharia law, to destroy our way of living. And yet, Obama meets with members of the Muslim Brotherhood on a routine basis. This is not just negligence. This is not stupidity. This is deliberate actions on the part of a man who is the President of the United States who took an oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. This is a man who is deliberately trying to destroy our Constitution. Well, you know, I said America was available the highest bidder. Well, this is something else that just came out this morning, which is quite interesting, and that is that it turns out that if you are a criminal, wander to another country, and you want to live in the United States and be protected from being extradited and be given basically permanent resident status, it's easy to do. All you have to do is donate money to Democratic campaigns. We have a set of brothers, and one of them is Roberto... I say yes. I think I pronounced that right. They're from Ecuador. He and his brother were bankers down there. They had been accused by the Ecuadorian government of basically crashing their bank and destroying the lives of a lot of people down there. 
taking the money and running. And they came and ran to the United States. They were convicted back in 2012 uh, in absentia of crimes. And they have we have an extradition treaty with Ecuador. And they have asked that we extradite these two men back. The Obama administration has refused. Why? Because these men, and see, the, the wife of one of them was already li- living here. She was here on basically a permanent resident status. She had donated thousands of dollars to the Obama re-election campaign in 2012. This year, this same family donated thousands of dollars to Democratic senatorial and House candidates. So they are convicted criminals in another country who are basically buying safety here in the United States by donating to Obama and other Democrats. This is another major scandal. This is another way that, that shows that we have a president of the United States who is a lawless president, who does not believe in our Constitution, and is going to continue to pull this kind of thing. We are getting opened up by our president to all kinds of illegal activity in this country. We have gang members coming across the border. The law enforcement on the border, including the Border Patrol, and even the sheriffs down there, are being told it doesn't matter if they have the gang tattoos on their faces and their arms and you know they're gang members. It doesn't even matter if they admit to committing murders in their home countries like El Salvador, Honduras. You have to give them a plane ticket or a bus ticket and let them go wherever they want to go in this country to join whatever faction of the gangs they want to join in this country. In addition, 68,000 known criminals Illegals who were supposed to be deported when they finished their sentence have been released back out on our streets. They're not being deported. Obama's basically said to everybody, nobody's going to be deported anymore. And now the House and Senate, in a lame duck session, passed a $1.1 trillion bill that has given Obama the money to implement his amnesty that he's given out. So how dangerous is it getting here in this country? You can't imagine how dangerous it's getting, and I'm afraid we're going to start seeing before long what's going to happen. I mean, let's face it, we are under attack. We are under attack from cyberspace. We now have a communist dictatorship in North Korea dictating to the American people what we can go watch at the movie theaters. This Sony picture about called the interview, which is about a plot to have a couple of it was it's a comedy basically a plot to have a couple of inept reporters go to interview the head of North Korea and to assassinate him. Sony has been attacked. They've been hacked. Personal information of their employees has been exposed. Uh, personal information about the company has been exposed. And now they're taking, the hackers have taken it one step higher. They have said that they will blow up and kill Americans in any theater where this movie is shown. So the reaction has been to cancel the premiere in New York City. Most theaters in this country will not carry the movie. You can't really blame them. I mean, they have to protect their patrons. But think of the implications of this. Our security against cyber attack is so weak that we're allowing this to happen. 
They can't seem to prevent it. They can't seem to stop it once it starts. So our private security is, is very bad. As far as the, the public, you know, the government security, I don't know that much of it exists. But this was orchestrated by North Korea. There's no question about that. They claim to deny any knowledge of it, but they, they praise it for what's happening. But think about it. We now have a communist dictatorship that is dictating to us what movies we feel safe in going to watch, what we can talk about. Then we have the Obama administration implementing political correctness so that we can't even call a terrorist attack a terrorist attack. Thank God that Congress passed legislation that allows the 32 surviving members of the Fort Hood massacre to get the Purple Heart and to get the benefits that are associated with it. Why couldn't they get it before? Because Obama refused to refer to it as a terrorist attack. He called uh, what Major Adal Hassan had done as an act of workplace violence. Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So what happened to our long-standing policy in the United States of not negotiating with terrorists, of not negotiating with governments that kidnapped American citizens, of not giving in to ransom demands, of not giving in to the demands, the political demands? That's all gone. Obama has just thrown it by the wayside as a result, he's throwing Americans under the bus around the world. We're going to have more people kidnapped. We're going to have more people held for ransom. 
and Obama will probably continue to give in to the demands, particularly if they're people like the Castros, who he apparently likes very much. I mean, he spent an hour and a half, supposedly, on the phone with Raul Castro yesterday, where they cut this deal. And again, you know, this is unilateral action by the President of the United States without consulting Congress. The law requires that he consult Congress before doing anything like this. The Constitution requires that. This man is totally lawless. He doesn't care what the Constitution requires. He doesn't care what the law requires. He's going to do his own thing, and more and more, doing his own thing is aiding, providing aid and comfort to our enemies, which is the constitutional definition of treason. More and more, he's providing aid and comfort to our enemies and putting American lives in danger, not just in other countries around the world, but in our own country. I'm afraid we're looking at some major terrorist attacks. We're looking at lone wolf attacks, but we're also looking at the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and ISIS all doing their best to try to bring down an airline sometime during the Christmas holidays to do something that would cause mass casualties. And we're giving them the wherewithal. Who knows what's coming across the border? And by the way, another outrage that I think I mentioned on the show before is that the Border Patrol agents down there, who are fairly lightly armed anyway, but at least they have automatic weapons, or semi-automatic weapons that can be converted to automatic, but they have been basically disarmed, or at least about half of them have. Because what happened was the Department of Homeland Security said, oh, there's been a manufacturer's recall of all these weapons. We have to send them in to get them repaired. So we're going to take a weapon... Uh, these weapons out, and we're going to leave enough weapons for two Border Patrol agents to share one weapon or three Border Patrol agents in some cases to share one weapon. So they were disarmed. They were disarmed. This happened just about the time that Obama announced his amnesty executive order. Guess what? The manufacturer never issued such a recall. There was nothing wrong with the weapons. The weapons were never sent to them to be repaired because they didn't need to be repaired. Best I can tell, the weapons have not been given back to the Border Patrol agents. So again, this is providing aid and comfort to the enemy. We have people coming across the border that are carrying diseases. Our Border Patrol agents are getting sick from some of them. Intelligence people... People in the intelligence community are worried about an Ebola-type bomb where somebody is deliberately infected with the disease and sent across the border to deliberately infect people in a major U.S. city to pass the disease around. It could easily happen. I'm sure there's something ISIS is probably looking into. And by the way, we know that ISIS is operating right across the border in Mexico, right across the Texas border from El Paso. They're in Juarez. They're in other cities in Mexico. They're probably already in our cities because they can cross the border. We can come in. The cell can come in, and they can basically set up shop anywhere they want. And who knows what they're bringing with them? 
maybe diseases, but maybe something just as bad or even worse. Maybe they're bringing in the materials to make dirty bombs. Now, a dirty bomb, we've talked about that before on the show, a dirty bomb is a, a bomb made using radioactive material. It doesn't make it a nuclear bomb. It's not a nuclear explosion. But what you use is conventional explosive like C4, and you set off the bomb, and it throws this uh, material, which has been glued basically to it, this radioactive material, throws it out in the atmosphere and poisons the area, kills a lot of people, and basically the place where it was set off is uninhabitable. The ground is unusable. Buildings would have to be bulldozed. Uh, Major parts of an American city could be knocked out by a dirty bomb. Is it possible for them to be bringing it across the border? Yes, it is now. And we can not even stop the drug smuggling. And now we're allowing them to come in across the border in pickup trucks. And this is this in Arizona. There was a area of federal land which borders the Mexican border and runs all the way up to an interstate highway. That was declared off-limits to law enforcement officials by the Obama administration shortly after he took office. And shortly after Eric Holder was appointed Attorney General of the United States, they declared all of that area off-limits to law enforcement, not only to federal law enforcement, but state law enforcement. A group set up some hidden cameras there in that area one night, or several nights, and they got pictures of pickup trucks full of illegals coming across and pickup trucks full of illegal drugs coming across, driving right through the area and then hooking up with trucks and buses on the near the interstate highway where they could be sent all over the country. That operation is still going on. No border patrol at all. Once they cross the border and get into that area, they are free and clear of being intercepted. What else could be in those pickup trucks? Automatic weapons, C4, dynamite, other various explosives, radioactive material. Because we've had two major thefts of radioactive material in Mexico in the last few months. None of it has ever been recovered the type of radioactive material that is industrial or medical, so it's not going to make a nuclear weapon, but it can be used to make the dirty bombs I just described. And that's what we're looking at. So the President of the United States is, States is unfortunately opening us up to attacks like the horrific attack that occurred yesterday in Pakistan. 132 innocent students and teachers were executed, summarily executed. Some of them were set on fire before being executed. Some of them were just allowed to burn to death. Members of the Taliban, remember the peace-loving Muslim religion. We keep hearing about the peace-loving Muslim religion that Obama's always talking about. And Nancy Pelosi's always talking about. Well, members of this peace-loving religion, the Pakistani faction of the Taliban, executed a bunch of innocent children and teachers. 132 is the last count I heard. Why did they execute them? Because they wanted to. 
because Pakistan has been soft on terrorism for a long time, but finally the Pakistani government was forced to take action and went after the, the Taliban that basically controls several provinces in Pakistan. And this is retaliation. And it's a horrific retaliation. And they are planning to do the same thing, not necessarily the Pakistani Taliban. Well, yeah, the Pakistani Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, several other new groups that have emerged out there are all planning to try to attack Americans abroad and attack American targets here in this country. And we're giving in the green light. When I say we, I'm talking about our government. The President of the United States is giving them the green light. So how long is it going to be before they utilize weapons of mass destruction against us? They've also got biological and chemical weapons available to them. How long is it going to be before somebody... We saw what happened to Sandy Hook with one crazed lone gunman. What about if you have four or five of them in an elementary school or a high school or a college? How many people could they kill, particularly if they're suicidal? They don't care about being killed themselves because all the numbers of the Taliban that attacked this school were killed. <clears throat> How long is that going to be, particularly since we in this country have the gun-free zones? All of our schools, all of our universities are gun-free zones. Most of our malls are gun-free zones. Most of the places where people congregate in this country are gun-free zones. <coughs> Excuse me. Which means that the good guys can't have weapons. But the bad guys can have weapons. So if they hit a school, they can do enormous damage. They can kill literally hundreds of people before the police even get there because nobody in that school will be armed. Nobody in the university can be armed. Even our members of our military <clears throat> cannot be armed. And this is really scary because ISIS has indicated that it is trying to recruit lone wolf killers in this country to infiltrate our military or since they infiltrate, to kill members of our military and their families. They're telling them to locate them on the Internet or through social activities on the Internet, find out their addresses and kill them. Our own military has told our, our soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen, don't wear your uniform in public because it makes you a target. But if they're leaving the base to go home after working during the day or at night, and they live off base, they're going to be in uniform. A lot of our military members are proud of being in uniform. They don't want to be told by terrorists, you can't wear your uniform. But under the federal government policies, they cannot carry arms. They cannot have a sidearm on them if they're off the base. They can't even have one if they're on the base unless they're a member of the military police. Here we have military bases with weapons all over the place, and our military members are being told, you can't carry a weapon, you can't defend yourself. This is a gun-free zone. That's why the massacre at Fort Hood, there have actually been two instances at Fort Hood, but the massacre with the Army psychiatrist yelling, Allah Akbar, God is great, that massacre occurred. 
get a gun for his own. Thirteen members of the United States Army were killed, were gunned down by this man, and none of them had the wherewithal to defend themselves. Let's take our second break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's Webradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Yes, you know, this, this country has become a very scary place. The world's a very scary place. I mean, the foreign policy uh, that Obama has, you know, some people say it's negligent and stupid. It doesn't exist. Unfortunately, it does exist. It's a foreign policy designed to embolden our enemies and weaken American security and put us at risk. It is the classic definition of treason, providing aid and comfort to the enemy. When you release five Taliban leaders or other people from Gitmo, when you turn them loose to start operating against the United States again, that is providing aid and comfort to the enemy. When you open up our border so that drug dealers and criminals and members of terrorist groups can freely cross into our country, that is providing aid and comfort to the enemy. All of this is happening. And all of it's happening right in front of us. Our question is, is Congress going to try to do anything about it when the new Congress takes over? You know, this, this lame duck session, you know, I can't be, not believe what happened there. I mean, you know, the Republicans were so afraid of shutting down the government, and they were in a position where they could have forced Obama to actually do the shutdown. But they were so so afraid of shutting down the government, and of course it would be a partial shutdown, that they passed a $1. trillion appropriations bill to keep the government occupying 
until the month of October 2015. Now, that's $1.1 trillion. That's an amazing amount of money. And a lot of it was pork, it was stuff for their own districts, but they supposedly were, were only going to fund the Department of Homeland Security for a couple of months so they could revisit this later. But basically, they gave, gave Obama all the funds he needs to fund Obamacare and to fund amnesty. Are they going to do anything about it? I mean, the Republicans that we have elected to the House of Representatives and to the United States Senate, are they going to have enough guts to go forward and try to stop this man? Or are they just going to try to concentrate on doing things that will make them look good so they can be reelected in 2016? I doubt that most of you are aware, but we have a new Surgeon General now. Well, a lot of you are aware of that, but are you aware that the deciding vote, because this is a Surgeon General that causes the private ownership, claims of private ownership of firearms under the Second Amendment of the Constitution, is a health issue, and that the Center for Disease Control should ban the private ownership of, of firearms. He's in favor of mandatory questioning of all patients in the country about whether or not they own firearms and it being noted in their medical charts whether or not they own firearms and those medical charts according to the new HHS rules that have been proposed and already carried out by Obama by executive order allows you to have your medical records forwarded on to the federal government to the FBI so they can put you on the next list if you've ever been treated for depression if you've ever even said you were depressed if you take certain types of medication and of course if you uh, medical records contain the fact that you own a firearm, that you're at risk. This guy has been opposed vehemently by the NRA and uh, by my, my friends at Gun Owners of America, uh, Larry Pratt and company. It's been opposed by the us at the United States Justice Foundation. A lot of people oppose this. Several Democrats voted against him. All the Republicans voted against him except one. And that one was the deciding vote that gave him the nomination. And that was Senator Kirk out of Illinois. So can we trust the Republicans? Can we trust them to vote the way we want them to vote, to do what we want them to do? Do what we elected them to do? I don't know. All I know is we need to put a lot of pressure on the senators and congressmen when they take office and starting January 6th and the new Congress starts. And one of the things that I'm personally calling for, continue to call for, even though I'm being attacked for it, is that we have articles of impeachment passed by the House of Representatives. Articles of impeachment of Obama. I have drawn up articles of impeachment I have sent them to members of Congress. We have confirmed that several members of Congress have now turned those articles over to the House Judiciary Committee so that when the new Congress comes in, they can be considered. Now, we have members of Congress out there saying, oh, no, we can't impeach him, we can't impeach him. It doesn't matter what he does, we can't impeach him. 
because everybody will call us a racist. But they're calling you a racist anyway. Obama calls everybody a racist who's not uh, a member of his political party. It doesn't matter about your race. You're a racist if you're a Republican. You're a racist if you're conservative. You're a racist if you're a Democrat and disagree with Obama. I mean, that's the race card that he uses all the time, he and Eric Holder and others. Obama's going to have to be stopped. If the House and Senate do nothing about the amnesty executive order, if they do nothing about Obamacare, if they do nothing about the so-called executive memorandums, well, that's the latest thing that you need to watch out for. You know, people know now about executive orders. They hear about executive orders, and they think, okay, Obama's doing something unconstitutional. So he's not calling these executive orders anymore. They're now executive memorandums. He's writing executive memorandums, and he's signing them, and they take the effect of law. Not constitutionally, but they're using them as the effect of law. And he's also got his agencies going out and imposing new rules and regulations that have never been passed by Congress or even considered by Congress. I mean, the EPA's got, what, 3,400 pages now of new rules and regulations? They're designed to shut down our coal industry and shut down our utility plants and drive the cost of utilities up sky high for the American people. So beware of executive memorandums. He did one just... Until yesterday or this morning, where he declared that uh, uh, portions of Alaska Bay are off limits to oil drilling. Executive memorandum. No input by Congress. No input, basically, by the people of Alaska, who would be would have a lot of jobs come out of this. So executive memorandum, executive orders, agency actions, all of the above are very dangerous to the American people, to our country as a whole, and to our constitutional form of government. But Obama's not going to stop unless something happens to stop him. Here's why I'm pushing for impeachment, because I'm also being told, well, it's not going to do any good because you need two-thirds of the Senate to convict him. It only takes a majority of the House to impeach the president, but then there has to be a full-scale trial in the Senate, and it only takes two-thirds, and it takes two-thirds for him to be removed from office, found guilty, removed from office. And that won't ever happen. Maybe, maybe not. What would happen is, is that the House, once they pass articles of impeachment, can appoint special prosecutors who have extraordinary powers to subpoena information about things like Operation Fast and Furious, about the IRS scandal, speed information about Obama's background, find out who the heck this guy really is and why he's hiding his, his records, uh, college memoranda or college transcripts, etc., and why he's using a Social Security number out of Connecticut when he's never lived in Connecticut, and why there was a cover-up of his draft registration. He never registered for the draft until after he was running for office. And then all of a sudden, it, it miraculously, he had a backdated draft registration. All of this keeps coming up. All of this is popping up all the time and happening, and all of this could be uncovered. Even about these people from Ecuador who are giving money to the Democratic Party in order to stay in this country, that can come up. 
all of it can be brought up and be presented to the American people in the trial of the Senate because it will have to be a public trial. And during that time period, even if Obama's never convicted, it would be have him tied up. It would tie his hands. He would be hard-pressed to continue to issue illegal executive orders or illegal executive memorandums or agency actions if he's being impeached for doing those very things because he's violating his oath of office. No question about it. And there are federal criminal penalties, and I've said this repeatedly on this program, there are federal criminal penalties for violating your oath of office. I took that oath. All members of the military take that oath. All federal employees take that oath, both elected and appointed. Obama took the oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. If you violate that oath, you can be put in jail for up to a year and fined up to $10,000 for each violation. That's a lot of time for Obama right now. But the point is, is that the violation of the oath of office is, in fact, a crime. And it falls directly under the high crimes and misdemeanors section of the Constitution, which says that the President of the United States can be impeached for the commission of high crimes or misdemeanors. There you have your ammunition, your constitutional ammunition, for the House of Representatives to try to impeach this man and for the Senate to have to consider impeachment. If you're listening to the show and you believe impeachment is necessary, then what you need to do is, as soon as the new Congress goes into office, you need to contact your members of the House of Representatives and encourage them to get the Judiciary Committee to vote these articles of impeachment out on the House floor. Let's have some recorded votes here. Let's see how many Republicans actually have the gumption to stand up to this dictator because that's what he's become and that's what he's happy to continue being let's see if they will actually take some action it's going to take pressure it's going to take a lot of pressure from a lot of people a lot of you routinely contact your members of the legislature but get your friends to do it get your relatives to do it the articles of impeachment I'm talking about can be found at www.michaelconnelly.com. They're also going to be on the, or are on the usjf.net website, but we're redoing that website. It'll be up and running by the end of the year. We're redoing that website right now. You can still access to donate money. If they are, there'll be more articles put up, but you can access them through my blog. Let's take our final break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. 
Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So it's www.michaelconnelly.com. That's where you can go to access my blog and take a look at the articles of impeachment I've drawn up. They're actually two separate. I drew up two articles with a lot of subtext to sub-articles back about a year ago, in February of last year, actually. You can find that posted in February, and uh, then you can also find the latest ones that I drew up about three months ago, which was the third article of impeachment. And, of course, I could add more to it right now. And if the House Judiciary Committee decides to go with my articles, I will be glad to work for them uh, to uh, try to to update those. But go look at them. Read them. See if you agree with them. See if you agree they're valid. They're in proper legal form for articles of impeachment. If you do, and you have a website, post them on your website. If you have a Facebook page, post them on Facebook. If you have a Twitter account, send out the link to everybody in your account. Print them out. Hand them out to friends and relatives. Let people look at them. Let people realize what's really going on out there. Because when people read my articles of impeachment, they always contact me and say, look, we knew he was doing things that were illegal. But we've never seen anybody, until you did it, put down all of them in a couple of documents. So you can sit there and look at everything he's done and why it's a violation of the law and why it's a violation of the Constitution. So again... The website is www.michaelconnelly.com. Put pressure on your members of Congress. And I'm going to be asking you after the first of the year to help out in another regard, too, to help out with contacting your members of Congress. I've talked repeatedly on this show about the veteran situation. We are gaining some victories. We are representing veterans on an individual basis, and we are providing them with the wherewithal to defend their rights, their Second Amendment rights and their uh, due process rights. 
we are getting victories. We are getting the rulings of incompetence reversed. And we're trying to get the FBI putting them on the Nix list because they've been declared incompetent and handle their own financial affairs reversed. Again, you can read about all of this on my blog. You can find out, go to the first article, Disarming American Heroes, which I wrote almost two years ago, and you can read about what's going on, and you can follow up with the other articles that have come out. Because this is an ongoing battle. We've been representing veterans for a couple of years. We've been trying to raise the money to file a major lawsuit. Uh, money is coming in, but it's not coming in as fast as we need it. Also, because we're spending money on behalf of individual veterans' cases, we're not charging the veterans or their families anything for this. We're raising the money independently. And we spent money fighting the VA, and now we're going to be fighting other federal agencies to get documents from them or the Freedom of Information Act requests, which they refuse to supply us. So if you want to contribute, go to usjf.net, and you contribute there. Or if you are you want to send a, a check made out to USJF, uh, you can send it to the California office. You can find that address on the website, or you can send it to our Texas office here, which is Post Office Box 1266, Canton, Texas, the C-A-N-T-O-N, 75103. Again, make a check out to USJF or United States Justice Foundation, USJF for short. But we want to make another move now that the Republicans control the Senate. But see, two years ago, after I broke this story about what was happening to their veterans, Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina introduced legislation in the United States Senate that was called the Veterans Second Amendment Protection Act. And it was to stop the abuses by the VA of Second Amendment rights of veterans. And, of course, there are a lot of other issues with veterans, too. But this was something that was introduced in the Senate, made it to the Senate floor, and then Obama opposed it, and the Democrats opposed it, and it was defeated. Harry Reid got it defeated on the Senate floor. At that point, our only leverage left was the lawsuits. And that's what we've been trying to do with veterans. But now we have another chance. We have a chance to pass this through the House and the Senate and to force Obama into a position of angering 23 million veterans in this country by refusing to protect their Second Amendment rights. Of course, he probably doesn't care. But a lot of Americans out there will care. And I think that if we get the Senate to pass this, and the House of Representatives passes it overwhelmingly, and the American people are behind it, I think you're going to have a lot of Democrats out there who might vote to override it and veto. And, of course, it also be attached as an amendment to some bill that Obama likes. I don't care how we do it as long as we get it done. If we can get that done, then USGAF, USGAF will be able to concentrate on the veterans who have already lost their Second Amendment rights on getting those amendments back, rights back instead of concentrating on trying to fight them one, one at a time, which is something that we're, we're doing our best at. And thank you for the people out there who helped. I had a gentleman not long ago who came up to me after I made a speech and, and handed me a check for $1,000 to help fight for our veterans. And uh, that, of course, was we're in the United States Justice Foundation Fund that's working to help the veterans. So, by the way, if you want me to make speeches, and I'm making them all over Texas, but I've also been to Florida, I've been to, to Missouri, uh, if you want me to make a speech about this issue or other constitutional issues about articles of impeachment, 
contact me at uh, michael at usjfmail.net. It's michael at usjfmail.net. And uh, also, if you're a veteran out there and are being confronted with any issues but involving your rights as a veteran, uh, your rights as an American citizen, also contact me at michael at usjfmail.net. And go to my website and, and try to keep up with what's going on. The uh, uh, website is michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. There you can keep up with my blog, and you can find the uh, uh, links to and by the way, we're getting a lot of orders in for the booklet on, that I've written on the Constitution called Our Constitution. And it's the same title as the show. It's a 77 page booklet. You can put it in your pocket. You can put it in the handbag. You can carry it around with you. You can hand them out to students. You can hand them out to put them in stockings or stocking stuffers. That's a great little gift. You can get, get them for $6 a piece at www.constitution.jigsy.com. Or you can go to the michaelconnolly.jigsy.com website, and you can find out an order there. And on that website, you can also find out about my, my other books. Uh, the one on my dad's unit during World War II, The Mortarman, uh, is really doing well. It's among the top 1% of books frequently on Amazon. It's an e-book, and it's doing quite well. And it's getting rave reviews, as is my novel, Amelia, A Story of America which uh, you can also see on my website. You can order them there through your paperback copies through the website. You can get those books as e-books on uh, Barnes & Noble or Amazon. And uh, the World War II book is, is, if you want to find out about what I'm writing about in the book, go to www.michaelconnolly.jigsy.com and look at my latest blog post, which I put up just two days ago. It's called Christmas 1944, and it's a story of my dad's unit and what they experienced on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and the rest of the story is, is told in the book, but it's a very touching story. It's been, been, been posted. It's a very personal story to me. It's been posted all over the Internet, and uh, it's on websites in France and other parts of Europe. It's on websites in New Zealand. It's been reposted and sent out, and it's basically a tribute not only to my dad and his unit, the 87th Chemical Mortar Battalion, but a tribute to all of our fighting men and women who have ever been in uniform and continue to serve us. We need to make sure that with the Christmas holidays coming up, we remember our men and women. I'm a veteran. i got two sons currently in. Thank God that they're all going to be home for Christmas this time. Or he'll be back in the States. My oldest boy has, done, has had five Christmases in combat zones since 9-11. He's home and engaged to be married. And uh, he may be going back overseas, unfortunately, between now and the wedding day. We don't, just don't know at this point. But uh, my youngest son is a Blackhawk pilot. And so we have you know, a lot to be thankful for in our home because of the fact that the Connollys have always stood up and fought for this country. And I'm going to do what I can with my blog, with this radio show, with the booklets I've written. And again, the booklet on our Constitution takes each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution and puts them down as originally written. And uh, 
you can that I put my comments in there about what it really means, and you can read those comments, and you can, it will help you understand the Constitution, and will help you get other people to understand the Constitution. So I want everyone to have a Merry Christmas, and I will not be on next week. I'll be traveling, heading to go visit my kids uh, for Christmas, but uh, there will be an archive show, and you can listen to that, and then I will be back with you on New Year's Eve. So thank you for listening to me. And everyone have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.